Okay, we are in Sefer Malachim Aleph, Perik Aleph, Pasuk Mem Aleph, Vayishma Adoniyahu. So let's backtrack for a second. We saw that once Nasan Hanavi and Bathsheba, David's wife, confronted him with what Adoniyahu was doing. The very up till then feeble, infirm, disinterested King David, galvanized with this information, sprung into action with an energy and a strategic genius that was the surprise of everyone. What he did was immediately, for all intents and purposes, declare Shlomo the king. Symbolically, actually, Halachically, he um, mounted him on his royal uh, donkey, which no one can ride on but the king. He put the clothes of the Malchus on him. He had Nasan the Nabi anoint him with the Shemen from the Karen Amishka, which Moshe himself makes that uh, anointment oil. They paraded him through the streets with noise and they sat him on the throne. It was a huge celebration. The only ones at this point oblivious to the celebration were those who were celebrating Adoniyahu's party, not far away at Ain Rogel, and they are partying. They're sacrificing uh, He's there, Evyasar, the defrock Kohen Gadol is there, Yoav ben Shruya is there, supposedly all of um, Adonio's brothers, with the exception of Shlomo, are there, and they are partying oblivious to the huge celebration, as the last Pasuk we learned, said by Yalu Kola Amacharav, they're following him with trumpets and chatzosros and chalilim, simcha gedola bativakaha oretz v'kolam, that the earth was shaking with the sheer joy of the celebration. So now we pick it up on Menalov. By Yishma Adoniyahu v'chol hakroim asherito, they hear it, they hear something, they're finishing up their very celebratory uh, meal. Yoav alone hears the sounds of the shofar. And as the Mephoshim say, Yoav is an old veteran military man. He knows something's up just from the sound of the noise. He alone hears it. What is this huge, loud noise we are hearing? He knows there is something wrong. He's still talking. Yonason, who is with Adonio's party, is the son of Evyosar, but he's a late arrival at the party, so he is witness what's been going on. By season, still in a state of uh, self-delusion, says, here comes Adonio, ki ish chayel uh, atav atav 
He is a good, valiant, courageous man, and obviously he is coming with good tidings, with good news. How wrong he is. By Yan Yonasan, Yonasan comes in by Yomer Ladunyo, and she says to Adunyo, Avaladonenu Hamelech David Himlich Es Shlomo. Our king, David, notice he refers to him as Amelech anointed Shlomo, made him king. By Yishlach HaMelech as Sadok HaKohen, and what he's doing is describing the whole ritual of Shlomo's anointment. Sadok, the real Kohen HaGadol, Nasan the Navi, Uvinayahu ben Yehodiah, who is the head of the Sanhedrin, Bahakresi, Bahapleti, that's the Urim Vitumim, by Yikabu Osav Alpredas HaMelech, and they ride him on the donkey of the king. In other words, you can't have a legitimate Legitimate anointment of a king without Nasan Hanavi, without the head of the Sanhedrin, without the Urim Vatumim, um, and without um, the Kohen Gadol. And he's got all three of them. He's done it. So Adonijahu knows he is had it. His party is over. By him, Sadok anoints him, then a son Hanavi, Lamelech Begichon, they anoint him in Gichon, which we said is the Shiloah, with the water racing outside the walls of Yerushalayim, where all the Melochim are anointed. By Yalom Misham Smechim, and they go up from there. The nation is thrilled with the selection of Shlomo. By Tehom HaKirya, the city breaks out in just joy. Hu HaKol HaShashimatem. That is the noise that you have heard. The Gam Yashab Shlomo Al Kisehan the final thing, Shlomo is sitting on the throne. After all this, he is the undisputed, almost unanimously acclaimed king. The, the, it's over. Whatever you're planning, Adonio, is over. The Gambo Abde Hamelech Levorech Es Adonenu Hamelech David Lemor, and the people have come surrounding King David, saying, "Yitav Elokim Eshen Shlomo Mishmecha," that Shlomo's name should even be exalted above your exalted name. By Yigadelis Kiso Mikisecha, and his throne should be over yours. By Yishtachavu Hamelech Al Hamishkav, and the king is so gratified to hear this, he bows down from the bed uh, in just simcha at these well wishes. Begam kocha amar hamelech and furthermore, continuing his narrative, Yonah's son, the son of Evyosar, says, furthermore, the king says, Baruch Hashem Elokei Yisrael, blessed be his God, Asher Nosan Hayom, Yoshev al the Aini Raos, that my son is sitting on my throne and I was Zohar to be alive to see it. So there is no doubt here that Shlomo is now king. So, by Yechradu, they tremble, all these assembled guests, by Yakumu Kohakroim Asher and all of Adonio's guests get up. And they slink away in absolute stealth. Each man goes back to his own home. Uh, party is over. So the horns of the altar. The Radak says, 
This is in Yerushalayim when David brought in the thing. He seizes the horns of the Mizbeach. Let's just go to a Pasuk in Shmos, in Mishpatim, last week, etc., where it says, If a man intentionally, premeditatedly, kills someone else, Lahargo, armor, he kills him to kill with stealth. You take him to Mount and put him to death, which infers that, or not a deliberate premeditated murder, the man, by seizing the horns of the Mizbeach in the sanctuary, can resist being arrested, is a fugitive, can resist being taken. It is a doctrine of sanctuary that has persisted to this very day. It follows through Roman, Greek society, Christian medieval times, and even current times. We will get to that in a moment. But what's also interesting is that it shows Adonio's mindset. As soon as he hears that Shlomo is ascending to the throne, he races to the altar to avoid being killed, which is revelatory of his own intent that were his plot to have worked. As Nusson tells Bathsheba, Shlomo would be the first one on Adonio's hit list, so that he was going to kill him. Adonio now flees. Some say that the purpose of sanctuary in itself is that if you are killed by a Besdin, tried by a Besdin and sentenced to death, you are thrown into the Besdin Cemetery, the group plot, as it were. If you are taken in the Mizbeach, you are buried in your ancestral plot, which is what Adonio may have wanted. So we have seen a recent example that persists, as we say, today. But Do you remember? Did, yeah. But didn't Adonio, I mean, if he was really intent on taking power once David, once David had uh, abdicated or stepped died, down. Died, it was died, euphemism, but, yeah. yeah. Why, he had Yoav with him. To, to, I mean, what, what, so he basically was, he basically didn't have anything, any real uh, authority, so that even though he had Yoav, who was a military leader. And a, again, a demilitarized military leader. He had been fired. We know David can't stand him, as we're going to see. And so it's nothing. While the other guy, Eviatar, is a, literally, it's a frock calling Dodo. So he's got nobody. And you can't anoint a king. You can never hope to be anointed without Nasan, without the head of the sun. So, so this raises a very uh, question, once again, about David, David's parenting, that all of his sons other, you know, went with Adon- Adoniahu. Didn't they have any... Like conception that that no. this is not what their father would per- want. No, the answer to that is no. They didn't because he was, as we saw that day, the most uncritical father with Absalom. He never rebuked them. He never reprimanded them. He gave them no guidance. And so, yes, they didn't know what his wishes were. In fact, Adonio thought he was perfectly legitimate. Now I've got a question for you. When was the last time we saw a case of sanctuary, like here, where someone evaded the effect of the law? I'll answer it. 
Remember the Tawana Brawley case? Yeah. So they had appointed a special prosecutor to investigate her charges, and her attorney, the brilliant Al Sharpton, took her into a church in Virginia where she stayed there for months. You couldn't subpoena her, you couldn't arrest her. So all I do to bring that out is to show that this concept of sanctuary is still very much with us. The idea that if a guy takes refuge here in a church, in our Talahabdil with the Mizbeach, with the Kronos HaMizbeach, you couldn't grab him, you couldn't take him. So in any event, uh, what happens by Yigeid L'Shlomo, they tell Shlomo Lemor, Hinei Adonio Yoreis HaMelech Shlomo, he's terrified of you, V'hinei Ochaz B'Kronos HaMizbeach, he sees the horns of the Mizbeach, Lemor, Yishabali Kayom HaMelech Shlomo, Im Yomises Avdi I want Shlomo to take an oath that he will not kill me for what I had innocently done. Vayomer Shlomo, and notice it's Vayomer Shlomo, he didn't swear, he doesn't take the oath. Vayomer Shlomo, if he acts valiantly and righteously, he will not have, he has nothing to worry about. However, the Imra, if he is going to act evil, if he's going to challenge, if he's going to try and usurp my throne, he will, in fact, be tracked down and killed. They come and they talk him down from the Mizbeah. And now in obeisance, he bows before Shlomo. Now, Medrash says, that he was anticipating at this moment an offer of peace from Shlomo where he would be in some huge capacity in the new royal dynasty, and he's severely disappointed by Yomer Shlomo Lech Secha, which is in effect, in the portion saying, you're under probation. Go to your house. I'm, we'll think it over. Go back to your home. Uh, you have nothing to fear. All you have to do is be a good, loyal subject, and you will not have anything to worry. And so that closes, for now, the um, sort of machinations of Adonijahu, not so much as we've said to usurp the kingdom of Melech David, but to at least jump over Shlomo as the next logical heir. And so tomorrow, next year, we are going to see David's last will and testament, as it were, his, his instructions to the newly crowned King Shlomo. And there are going to be a lot of surprises in them. 8.45 a.m. tomorrow. What are you